I've never celebrated May the 4th before. Sure, most people are familiar with the day after, known as Cinco de Mayo. But for many Star Wars fans, May 4th is a chance to acknowledge the films, series, and characters that many of us discovered with the original trilogy in the 1970s and 1980s, the prequels in the late 1990s and early 2000s, and the various animated series and latest trilogy from this most recent decade. Granted, May 4th doesn't mean a lot. It actually started as an inside joke among fans. For those of you who may not know, May the 4th is a play on words, a take on one of the most iconic phrases in Star Wars lore. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you, Master. May the Force be with you. 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 And for years, it served to be a fun, made-up holiday, an excuse to center a day around watching the Star Wars films and enjoying the Star Wars universe with other like-minded people. And as Star Wars has grown in popularity over the past decade, Lucasfilm, Disney, and many retailers have done what they could to capitalize on it financially, offering deals and discounts on everything from Star Wars shirts to coffee mugs to limited-edition statues and figures. This year, on its path toward becoming another consumer holiday like Valentine's Day or Halloween, May the 4th was officially recognized by the state of California as a true holiday. This year was the first time I celebrated the movies, characters, and collectibles I love on May the 4th, and I did it in one of the best ways possible, by hopping in a land speeder and traveling out to Syracuse, New York, to the home of Fonz Napolitano and his wife Katie, for what was an epic event an Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club meetup. This is a look into the collection of a lifetime collector, piece by piece and story by story. This is more than a conversation with Fonz, a man who loves all things Star Wars, with a special focus on Fett. As you wish. This is the tale of Fonz Khan 2, Electric Bobaloo. He's no good to me, dead. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. About three weeks ago, I came home from Celebration Chicago, and while I had a fantastic time, a part of me felt restless, like I'd left something there, like I was missing something. The days and nights there were pretty packed with meetups and panels and other assorted parties and events, but one of the highlights for me was going to the hotel bar and restaurant area at the end of each night. And no matter what each of us did during the day, or where our respective schedules took us during the convention, we all knew we would meet up at the hotel bar, and really it was a space with a bar at the center of it, 
but it, was, it had a number of tables in which you could sit and hang out. And while you were catching up on the events of the day with new and old friends, you could order a late-night hamburger or salad or nachos. And if you were looking for something different to eat, there were two other restaurants facing the bar. And there were always groups of familiar faces dining in each one. Everything happened within about a hundred feet of where you were standing. It was always loud, and it just felt electric, night after night. And that restlessness I felt when I came home from Chicago was a simple pang, a longing to be back with friends. Unencumbered from schedules and panels and the rest of the noise that celebration brings with it. Just being together, laughing constantly, and having these personal special moments that superseded any other reason for being there. I just missed my friends. So three weeks after celebration, I was incredibly excited to jump in a land speeder and drive from New Jersey to Syracuse to attend my first FonzCon event. After a five-hour drive, I arrived at my hotel in Syracuse around five o'clock. I had gotten a late start to the trip, and part of that was on purpose. While the pace of celebration had been virtually nonstop, I was determined to slow down for the Syracuse trip. Instead of rushing from one destination to another, with one eye on the next step of the sequence, I wanted to take in and appreciate each moment as it came. After all, I was on vacation, and I wanted it to feel like one. My hotel room was set up like a quaint and cozy studio apartment, and I was glad to have chosen it as my home base for the next two days. I brought everything up to my room, unpacked, and waited for one of my closest friends and fellow Empire State member, Pete LaRose, to arrive. Pete brought his two-year-old daughter Audrey along for the trip, and after three and a half long hours in the car, Audrey needed some time to play, so Pete took her to the hotel pool for a bit. And when they were finished, we met at Tully's, a pub-style restaurant famous for its chicken tenders. Tully's was within walking distance from my hotel, and as I crossed a side street and made my way up through the parking lot, I became acutely aware of the sound emanating from the restaurant. Tully's plays music over speakers outside of the building and loudly, like loud enough to attract attention loudly. And while the restaurant is located along the main strip, a residential neighborhood begins only a few yards behind it. There were these houses facing the restaurant, tiny homes that certainly weren't soundproof, and they stood there like pathetic spectators in the midst of this wild noise erupting from Tully's. You know that feeling when you're on a bus or a train and someone's watching something on their phone and the volume's at a ridiculous level for being in public and you're sitting there and it's not like you can go anywhere else at that point and you just say to yourself, well, I guess I'll be listening to whatever this person's watching for the rest of the trip. Now take that and add a 30-year mortgage to it and raise the volume a few notches and you have the plight of these surrounding homeowners. And you're probably saying to yourself, well, there has to be a noise curfew. Maybe, but Tully stays open until 2 a.m., and you can bet the music stays on until the lights go off. So we had dinner inside, and while Audrey colored a picture of a turtle and waiters and waitresses hustled from one side of the room to the other, Pete told me about a momentous toy purchase he had made recently. I hadn't seen Pete since celebration, and even then, he was so busy at his vendor booth that we rarely had time to speak and to hang out. And while I'm fortunate to see him at the many meetups and toy shows we attend over the course of a year, nothing beats a good conversation over a hearty meal. And after two hours of being at the restaurant, Audrey was getting tired. I walked Pete and the little one to their car, said goodbye, and went back to my room. It was later than I had expected, but still early enough not to surrender to sleep and to call it a night just yet. I called Fonz to see if he was still up and wanted to hang out for a bit. 
He told me to come over and that he and some of the collectors who came down from Canada were hanging out. Fonz's house wasn't far from the hotel. He and his wife Katie greeted me at the door along with their two large but lovable dogs, Max and Gus. The Canada crew consisted of Toby Black, photographer extraordinaire Chris Porteous, and Todd Thornhill. We spent the rest of that evening down Fonz's basement like a couple of kids, talking about all things Star Wars and collecting. The next morning, I woke up, looked at the clock, and for the first time in a long time, I didn't need to rush anywhere. I did something I rarely do, especially in the morning. I read a book for a half hour in the quiet of the hotel. And as I left the hotel to get breakfast, I stopped by the desk to ask for restaurant recommendations. The hotel manager suggested I stop by Stella's, a diner frequented by many of the locals. I thanked her and headed on my way. I've never seen a busier diner in my life. In addition to the throngs of locals, many of the college students in the area stopped in for a late breakfast, and there was a wait to be seated. A group of girls in their 20s hung out next to the entrance, moving casually to the side as new guests approached. Inside, the almost non-existent waiting area was completely occupied, and people were standing wherever they could until a table was cleared and they were able to be seated. Not wanting to waste too much time waiting for a table of one to open up, I slid up to a seat at the counter and ordered. Uh, can I get the two eggs with um, with ham and home fries? How did you want your eggs? Um, oh, uh, scrambled and closer to well. Okay, okay. so we'll do two eggs, the breakfast meal, yes. scrambled well. What kind of meat? Ham. Ham? Home fries with onions? Uh, no onions. No onions. And what kind of toast was it? Uh, I'm sorry? Toast? Oh, no toast. No toast. Thank you. You are so welcome. While I waited for the food to come, I quietly sat and listened to the unending noise around me, amazed by the kinetic pacing and constant movement of both the waitresses and the diners. I thought about the stories Fonz had shared with me the night before, and I was quite moved by some of them. I was so happy, so thankful to have had the opportunity to take a day off from work and to drive to a town I had never seen before, and to be reunited with the friends I had missed for the past few weeks. And most of all, I felt so blessed to be a part of the Empire State Collectors Club and part of a community whose members welcomed me into their homes time and time again to share in moments and meetups and days like this. It's funny, but there are times in which it is possible to find an almost meditative rhythm within the bustle around us. And for me, before the day truly began at Fonz and Katie's house, this was one of those moments. And after breakfast, I headed over to FonzCon. Fonz's house is perfect. To me, it has everything you'd want in a home. The rooms are tastefully done, with a coziness and a comfort that you feel almost instantly. There's a quiet elegance to some of the rooms, but without any pretension. 
The night before, I had only been there for a few minutes, but I felt like I had been coming over for years. And that is certainly a rare but welcomed feeling. And by the time I arrived, a number of collectors were standing in the kitchen, catching up with one another. I could hear the ebb and flow of multiple conversations happening at once, occasionally punctuated by a shout or a hearty laugh. And what I had longed for in these past few weeks was finally here. The kitchen is large and airy, and is the central hub of the main floor. On the island, the kitchen countertop in the center of the room, was a seemingly endless supply of food and drinks. Katie made her legendary sausage dip that could only be described as habit-forming. Fawn soaked gummy dinosaurs in vodka overnight and served them in little cups with toothpicks. Swedish meatballs simmered in a tiny crock pot next to the sink. There were trays of cookies, and the chocolate chip ones were delicious. Toward the end of the night, I kept finding myself with at least one or two in my hand. Katie's friend prepared bacon-wrapped dates, which many of us had never tried previously, but they were so good. There were chips and dip, beer and alcohol for those who drank, and so many other dishes, and you couldn't help but just feel the love from the amount of food on the counter. For dinner, Fonz and Katie ordered a catered meal from Moe's, the southwestern-style taco restaurant similar to a Chipotle. Aluminum trays adorned the dining room table. There were soft shells, crunchy shells to make your own tacos, and an assortment of ground beef, chicken, rice, and beans, vegetables, cheese, salsas, and guacamole to add to them. At some point in the day, a life-size cardboard cutout of Chewbacca appeared in the entranceway to the dining room. It was a tribute to Peter Mayhew, the actor who portrayed the furry hero in the films, as he had passed away at the age of 74 only a few days earlier. Fonz left the back door that led to the patio wide open for most of the day. It was nice to stop by the food area in the kitchen, join in on whatever conversation was happening at the moment, and then step through the doorway into the open air, under the shade of the overhang that covered the entire patio. Everything Fonz does is with careful thought, and you could see the results of the time and effort he and Katie put into developing the backyard. And the backyard served different purposes throughout the day. At times, a large number of friends congregated outside, and whenever I stepped out to see what was happening, I was met with the people whom I looked forward to seeing at this meetup, sitting in a semicircle and singing along with whatever rock anthem was playing on the stereo. During quieter points, when most people were down in the basement and in the kitchen, a pair of friends would head into the backyard to get away from the din of the crowd and to continue a quieter or more personal conversation. The basement is a true man cave. At the bottom of the staircase is a large screen television. In front of it is a coffee table surrounded by couches arranged in an L shape. On the coffee table are the Star Wars items people brought to sell. 
Jason Thomas had some of the most exciting pieces of the day. A beautiful, near-mint-carded Power of the Force R2-D2 with a pop-up saber, a case of Hungarian bootleg figures, and bags and bags of loose vintage accessories lined one section of the floor next to the TV. It's rare to see so many loose weapons together, handfuls of yellow and orange sabers, and some Luke Jedi blue and green sabers catch my eye, but I become distracted by the conversation next to me, and before I know it, they're gone. I brought three larger pieces to sell as well, a carded blue saber Return of the Jedi Luke, a clear bubble 77A back Emperor, and a sealed graded Empire Strikes Back Slave 1. A squarish thin gray block stands upright like a bookend on the coffee table, and after inquiring about it, I find out it is a casting for one of the parts of the Galaxy's Edge Millennium Falcon. And I thought I brought some cool stuff. Toward the back of the room, a number of our friends are gathered around Fonz's bar. On the walls around the bar are framed helmets from almost every NFL team from decades ago. Cigar smoke lazily floats above us, and at the end of the bar is a full-sized arcade unit with games like Miss Pac-Man and Galaga. Fonz's collection room is located upstairs. The walls in the room are light, which allow the rows of black shelves to stand out, and the carpet is a light beige. Through the doorway, we walk through the narrowed entrance into the center of the room and facing us is a wall with a window that I assume always stays covered to keep the sunlight out. It is an expansive, thorough collection, highlighting those magical years that many of us experienced as children and teenagers between 1977 and 1985, when Star Wars was the most exciting film franchise in the galaxy, and the Kenner toys that came from it were ubiquitous. And while there are many expensive and rare pieces that many of us dream of owning one day, Fonz's collection is centered around not monetary value, but the value of toys and the characters themselves. Throughout the night, Fonz and I were able to break away from the party and drift up to his collecting room. The evening before FonzCon, Fonz shared a few profound stories about what some of the pieces he owned meant to him. They were moving personal moments that connected him to his childhood, to his family, to the toy company he respected, and to the sci-fi fantasy universe he loved. And my hope was to walk through his entire collection with him, hearing the stories behind each piece and learning about my friend who cares so much about his friends and his family, and does so with all of his heart. So let's head upstairs for a conversation with Fonz. It's okay, you can bring your drink up with you. Just follow me. Okay, so we'll start with the Trilogo collection here. So the Trilogo collection, and this is going to be a repeating theme in my explanation, is that my mother drove everything with me. Uh, she bought everything for me. Uh, so uh, my Trilogo collection began with my mother buying, probably when I was 15 or 16 years old, buying uh, a bunch of Trilogos for me for my 15th or 16th birthday. And, of course, I didn't open them or play with them because I was on to other things by then, but I kept them. And uh, so several of these Trilogos are ones that my mother bought me at KB Toy Store for 99 cents. And And why why did you keep them? Because I keep everything. Okay. I, yeah, unfortunately, we yes. All, we all, <laughs> I keep all nodding, yes. I, yeah, you know, and I always collect. I, I never stopped collecting Star Wars, so I, I continued to collect it. And uh, but, but you know, once I realized I had like fifteen of them, I'm like, well, now I'm going to start buying more of them. So that's that's what started the Trilogo. Uh, run and so how many? Just to give people an idea, how many are we actually looking at right now? I think thirty-eight. 
Okay. I think I have 33, 38, something like that. And there are some, I don't know too much about the Tri-Logos or as much as I should, but I do see the Luke Stormtrooper, I see the regular Stormtrooper, the Han and Carbonite, um, I mean, and, and uh, you know, these are, of course, all clear bubbles, as most of them are, but the, bu- the condition of the bubbles, which are notorious for being damaged a lot because of the size, is just beautiful. I, I, I think the, the, the thing that, that separates the Tri-Logos are the, are the bubbles. You know, uh, it's hard to find good bubbles on Tri-Logo, so I always try to get, you know, the figures with the good with the good bubbles, the only one that's, that that really doesn't have has a, has a has a poor bubble is the the orange snake Yoda. But the orange snake Yoda is extremely rare on a, on a tri logo card. Um, they usually come with brown snakes, but I was able to pick this up on eBay um, fairly cheaply. Um, so, but I felt that was worth it. Fantastic. Yeah, and then right above that we have the Ewok battle wagon, uh, Dagobah action playset, uh, size noodles, and the Rebo band, and they're all. They're all boxed. Right? Are they sealed? Everything is sealed, other than the battle wagon. But this is this was this was a battle wagon that I bought myself in Kitty City on Erie Boulevard in Syracuse. Uh, so what year? Uh, well, whenever it came out. Uh, so eighty five, eighty five. Yeah. yeah. So I bought that in uh, in eighty five, and um, that that that's I, I. As you can see, I didn't really play with it or do anything with it. I just. Uh, I opened it, I put it together, and I put it back in the box, and that yeah. was it. Yeah, I mean, everything in here is in pretty mint, but everything crazy else is condition. Sealed. Everything yeah. else is sealed. And now we're stepping in front of what I assume is uh, one of the, the, the grail cabinets, we'll call it, in a way. It's, uh, it, it holds a lot of pieces that I think people would love to have. You know, even if they had one piece, that would be the highlight of the, of the collection. Um, and you've amassed uh, an impressive collection, not only in the in the pieces that you've gone for, but in the condition as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's always from my limited experience with doing baseball cards. I, I always felt condition was the most important thing, so that's what I've always focused on. So, um, the vinyl Cape Jawa. Uh, when I got my first job, um, I only learned about the vinyl Cape Jawa through Stephen Sansweet's book from from concept to screen to collectible, mm-hmm. and I remember reading it and sitting in my bedroom. In my parents' house, and I was like, "There's a vinyl Cape Jawa. I didn't know there was a vinyl Cape Jawa, and 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 I need to have a vinyl Cape Jawa." And uh, when I was in graduate school, I went to uh, Fisher Price. Fisher Price is 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 in Western New York, and I really wanted to get a job. I wanted to get a job at Kenner, or I wanted to get a job at Fisher Price. I wanted to sell toys, so I went to Fisher Price kind of as a field trip in our graduate school. And uh, I remember walking in, and they had like a toy museum. And one of the things they had in there was a vinyl Cape Jowl, and it was the first time ever since I read the book that I saw the vinyl Cape Jowl, and I was just, I was so, I didn't care about Fisher Price at, at that time. <laughs> I just thought of the vinyl Cape Jowl. Yeah. I, was, I was so excited to see one. And then when I got my job, I uh, the first thing I bought when I got my job was that vinyl Cape Jawa, and uh, I've had so it was in two thousand, and um, um, I've had it ever since. But you know the one I wanted, I, I wanted in really good shape. So well, and, and this is no ordinary vinyl Cape Jawa. I mean, this is for at least for me, it's the nicest one I think I've ever seen. Um, it, it is graded, so the the grade is an overall eighty five clear bubble. Uh, the car is an eighty five, the bubbles an eighty five, and the figure is a ninety. And um, there's no discoloration on the cape whatsoever. It is, it's, it's truly a nine. I mean, it's, it's just one of the most impressive ones I've ever seen. Oh, thank it's you. Unpunched. Uh, there's no price stickers on it. The, the punch is even so clean that it's just, it hasn't ever been moved. I mean, it, it's, it, 
it's barely imprinted on the card. It's beautiful shape. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I think that comes from my um, experience doing baseball cards. That uh, you know, I knew that you know the the the, the fifty two mantles that sold for the most money were the ones that were the the, the PSA eights and nines and tens, mm-hmm. and so you know, I felt at the time that the same thing would eventually be true for. Star Wars figures, which mm-hmm. is why I invented the figure frame. Um, but, you know, uh, but that was my, I wanted the figure, but I wanted it in the best condition that I could possibly afford it in. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, that's why the, the, the yak is in, you know, the same thing. Well, yeah, and, the, and this Jawa, this Vinyl Cape Jawa on one shelf is joined, is in pretty good company. It's joined by uh, a yak face, but this is, this is not the Trilogo yak face. No, that's the power of the Force Yak face. So mm-hmm. I can remember, uh, I, I, I have very clear memories of the Yak face and the Anakin. So my mother driving me from store to store, from Kmart to Hills to Kitty City to KB Toy Store, looking for Yak face and Anakin. Like I wanted a Yak face and Anakin on the power of the Force card, <laughs> and I could never find them. And I was like, my God, so somebody keeps beating me to them every time. <laughs> and, uh, and, until I, it was probably Sansweet's book or however, then I realized that they were actually never available in the United States. So when, you know, I was able to get them, I was, I wanted them and I wanted them in the best condition that I could possibly get them in. And, and this one again is in certainly, it's one of the nicest ones I've ever seen as well too. It's uh it's the, the power of the force 92 back yak face. It's again, unpunched. Um, and it's an 85 the card is an 85, the bubble is an 85, and the figure is a whopping 90. Um, I mean, it just just stellar. And then to the to the right of the act face? Is the, is the AT-AT driver. And um, I, I, well, I'm working on the Power of the Force, Ron. I still got a few more to get. Right, so this he, is the Power of the Force AT-AT driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I bought him from uh, Zach, Zach... Um, Zach Los Tan. Zach, he is Zach Tan mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. So, uh, yeah, again, you know, I think condition will ultimately be the what separates these pieces from one another. So, you know, I, I like to give them as best condition as possible. And absolutely, this one is an absolute stunner. I, so, so there's three, and there's there's one more here on the far left. And, 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 and well, that's the Anakin Skywalker again, the piece that I. My mother drove me from store to store to store looking for, and uh, this one was actually when it was graded, it was a clear bone, and it was it was crystal clear. And uh, since then, the 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 in the interior tray has yellowed a bit, but uh, it's still in in you know in very good shape, unpunched. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the best one at the time that I could find on eBay. Wow. And above that, you have the radio control Jawa sand crawler. You have the box. So, this, so, so, so this is a mitten sealed box radio oh, wow. control Jawa okay. sand crawler, and this is my childhood Jawa. So, <laughs> my, my my thing that I really like to do is I like to get, and you'll see it throughout the collection, mm-hmm. is that anything that were my parents just really encouraged me to collect, and they just they loved collecting more than I did, and. Um, uh, so anything that my parents bought me that I had growing up, I want mitten sealed box because I want it just like the way they bought it for me. Uh, so, so this is my childhood sand crawler, and this is a, a, a mitten sealed box one uh, that, that 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 I was able to put together. The same thing is true for this Land of the Jawas playset. So this Land of the Jawas playset, which is, is, is which I love this story because. 
Um, this is my land of the Jawas <laughs> playset. So my uh, this this was previously a land of the Jawas playset, and uh, when Empire Strikes Back came out, I wanted a Dagobah playset. So my grandfather took me down to his. Uh, workshop, and he said, okay, well, we're going to make you one. How do you want to make it? So he took a piece of sheet metal, and he has said, draw what you want, and we're going to, we're going to, we're, we're going to make it. So I drew, I don't even know what it is. It's, it's looks it's, maybe like a cave. Looks like yeah, Yoda's hut. Yeah, it's Yoda's hut, I guess. Um, but just to give, just to give people an idea. So you, you're holding the base of the land of the Jawas, and it has the, uh, the, the pod that goes with it, yep. right? the escape pod. Yep. And then where there's usually a cardboard backing, instead there is what I would say is it's probably like the size of a human hand, um, but, but much wider. It almost looks like an atom bomb cloud. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Carved out of sheet metal. Yeah, yeah. And if, if, if you run your hand along the edge of the sheet metal, you can see oh how sharp gosh. it is. You gosh. would not give this to an eight-year-old. And look at the <laughs> screws that he used to attach it to. You know what I mean? Look at, the, look at those screws. I mean... <laughs> You wouldn't give this to an eight-year-old now to no, play with. No, Say, oh, is... here you go. Hey, so my, my my grandfather made it for me, and then I drew on the crayon with it, you know, whatever I drew. Uh, and that, this was my Dagobah playset until I actually got a Dagobah playset. Again, it is a piece of sheet metal that has not been – the edges are just as sharp as they probably were when they were cut. <laughs> and there's a little bit of a drawing on it. What, what is that? I have no idea. Okay. It's a very colorful, it's like pinks and blues and greens. Just kind I think of it's Yoda's, Yoda's house. Okay. That is terrifying and awesome at the same time. That is so <laughs> but, cool. So, so then I had to have a Land of the Jawas mitten sealed box playset because, you know, th- th- this came from this. And again, I think the theme that, that we're going to keep coming back to here is th- this is no ordinary Land of the Jawas playset. I mean, this, the quality of this box and the quality of the, the it's sealed, but it, it, we were talking before we said, you know, maybe if, it, if this were to grade, it would grade it like a 90. That's the, I mean, you can see like the shine on it. It, it was never put out in the store. I mean, it's, I, I don't think so. No. Uh, yeah. But you know, I, I, I really, like I said, I really enjoy, and you'll, you'll know throughout my collection is, is I like getting stuff that I had as a child mm-hmm. that my parents bought me or my grandparents bought me or my aunts and uncles and God and God, seeing it brand new and seeing it brand new because that's the way they bought it for me. So I had a question just going back to the radio controlled Java Sandcrawler. So there's this, what looks like either a sticker or I guess it's a printing, and it says refunds up to $3. Was that on every Java Sandcrawler I, box? Because I don't I, think I've ever seen that before. I have no idea. Okay. I, that I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll have to look that up. That's I interesting. I, yeah, I don't, that I don't know. So what's next to the Land of the Jawas action playset here? Well, that's the Sears Creature Cantina. So, <laughs> the Sears Creature Cantina. So... In Stephen Sansweet's book, I also when I learned about the Vinyl Cape Jawa, I also learned about the Blue Snaggletooth. And uh, once I once I, I I learned about the Blue Snaggletooth, I had to have them all. And I went in Toy Shop, the magazine, and I bought a, a Creature Cantina playset. I think I bought it from Yankee Peddler, if anybody remembers who they are, <laughs> you know. But I bought it from Yankee Peddler, and it was a beat up set, and. The figures didn't have the right guns, and they certainly weren't in sealed bags. And uh, over the years, I've, I've just accumulated—I I, I accumulated a pristine box. So then I accumulated a pristine stand, or or or, or whatever they call that cardboard playset. And I—I I, uh, I, I got the, the the figures sealed in the package in the uh, in the bags, mm-hmm. and uh, the the. 
Oh, here's my wife. Um, Nicole. Fonz needed to step away to say goodbye to some of his guests. While he was downstairs, I was joined by fellow collectors Chris Riley, Michael Cooper, and Toby Black. As we walked around the room, we stopped in front of the shelves of Fonz's Empire Strikes Back carded figures. Admiring the, the Luke Bespin figure with the rarer white background photo on the card back, Chris and Michael shared some valuable information on how to spot 31 back carded figures just by looking at the front of the cards. Okay, you got it, you got it. You got it. All right, so, you know, fun fact about these the 31 back, so whenever you're looking at a 31 back and you can only see the, the front of the card, how you can tell it's just a 31 back, and you guys know? Yeah, you there's just, there's see the TM in, in the white area there underneath the logo? There's so a, that's the TM after the word wars in Star yeah, Wars. So you right? got a TM next to the, the S, and then you got a TM in the K. So you got a TM. In, if you look at any other card front, you don't. You only have one TM there. So 31 back American always has two TMs, a TM in the K and a TM next to the S there. So if you're ever looking for your 31 backs and you only can see it from the card, mm-hmm. TM in the K, TM next to the S. Yeah, and it's it's in like the lower part of the K, like where it kind of swings out. Yeah, yes, and lower right. Yeah, that, oh, that's awesome. That's so two TMs. Know. So TM in the K is like the really look for the TM in the K for thirty one backs, and it'll, you know that's the only card that's like that. Perfect. And now, so for um, other ESB cards, it's really easy to tell from the front what number back they are. Um, <laughs> so uh, stop. <laughs> they. Uh, <laughs> And for no reason whatsoever, Chris kicked Michael right between the legs. Jello. Oh. <laughs> no, all right. So if you're again trying to do as any kind, of no, I'm blocking. In case <laughs> he gets funny again. Right. <laughs> sorry, 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 dude. I was actually trying to. Help. Yeah, that was good. All right. So, all right. I won't. So it's easy to tell. <laughs> it was easy to tell uh, what number card back, what how many figures are on the card back by the front with most ESB cards because of the offer on the front. However, there are several offerless variations and if like what Chris was trying to say, if you're trying to do a specific run, there are some tells on everything above a 32 back, so 41A through D, I believe, mm-hmm. or A through E. Um, there is the number assor- uh, number and the assortment number. So there are two lines of numbers as opposed to one line of numbers for everything that came out before that. S- and that's in the top left-hand corner. In the, of the top card. left-hand corner, aside from the 48A offerless, which looks identical to the 31 because it just has the one number on the top. Mm-hmm. But, again, that tell with the do- double TMs. Differentiates between the, the 48A and the 31A or B. Ab- yep. That's awesome. Exactly. Wow. Is there a difference between the thirty-one A and B? Like, if I were if I were looking at it and I didn't know which ones were produced on the on a B card or on an A card? Well, on the back. Yeah, on the back. uh, Anything that would be on an A would not be released on a B. Sure. But thirty-one A and B. The way I always looked at it, like um, I always think like Vader later. So if there's a Vader case, Vader case on the back, I know it's a B. And just like that, Michael exacted his revenge and kicked Chris right between the legs. (sighs) Got it. (laughs) All right, thanks, man. But amongst the silliness, there were some nuggets of knowledge that are worth repeating. 31 back Empire Strikes Back carded figures look very similar to 32 backs, 41 backs, and 48 backs from the front. And knowing how to tell a 31 back apart from the rest can be really helpful, especially if you're looking at a photograph in a seller's ad or on a sales site like eBay. 
Since the 31 backs were only in stores for a short time before the 32nd character, Yoda, was introduced, and because they were the debut cars for 10 of the Empire Strikes Back figures, 31 backs often carry a premium. So if a seller is not concerned with card back variations, you might be able to get a 31 back for a cheaper price if you know what to look for. As Chris stated, the easiest way to spot an American Kenner 31 back is that the card will have a trademark logo, a TM, within the, within the red letter K in the word back in the card's title. Six figures premiered on the 31A back. They are the Bespin Security Guard, Bosk, FX7, Han Hoth, IG-88, and Snowtrooper. And four figures made their debut on the 31B back. They are Lando Calrissian, Luke Bespin, Leia Bespin, and the Hoth Rebel Soldier. And to differentiate between the 31A and B backs, always look at the photo on the bottom right corner of the back of the card. If the photo is of a boy playing with an Imperial Troop transport against a blue background, then it is a 31A back. If you see an image of a black plastic carrying case in the shape of Darth Vader's head, then it is a 31B back. Chris's mnemonic device to remember the difference was Vader later, and I will certainly never forget it. I also know he'll never forget that moment either. Fonz returned a few minutes later, and we picked up where we left off. If you have uh, three packs of cards, it looks like one is from series... Five and the rest are from series one. So this is from my. This, these were purchased by my uncle Mike, mm-hmm. who uh, is my brother's godfather, and uh, um, he bought those for me. Probably, God, I mean, it had to be the mid '80s. He bought those for me and gave them to me in a Christmas present. So that's why I like them because they have the, they still have the same three dollar price tag on that he paid. You know, in 1985 or 1986, with you know, you go to flea markets and you buy that stuff. So he bought that for me, and he bought a bunch of comics. So so like this box is filled with comics. Um, so this is all, like one of those long boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so so it's all filled with comics that my the, the same uncle. He wasn't really my uncle, but you know he's friends with my mother and father, and uh, and he bought those packs of cards for me, and he bought a lot of the comics that are in that box right now. That's really cool. Yeah, That's nice. And uh, so a lot of the Jedi figures I bought myself in in KB Toys, Kitty City, you know. We then began to look at his Empire Strikes Back carded figures, and Fawn started with a really special one. God, I probably bought this Veers like seven or eight years ago, mm-hmm. and the guy I bought it from what's, said... What's the Veers? You, you keep calling it Veers. What is it? The, the, I wanted a offerless General Veers, and it's mm-hmm. very hard to find an offerless General Veers. Mm-hmm. Um, Empire Strikes Back, known as the Attack Commander. Yeah. Oh, right? sorry. Is yeah, it? No, yeah, yeah, is that, the Attack okay. Commander, yeah. That's how obsessed I am with the vacuum form General Veers. Because mm-hmm. it's the same figure. If anyone has General Veers, please contact Fonz Napolitano. Yes, 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 yes. Please. So this General Veers I, I bought because I wanted to, I wanted an offerless General Veers because I really have the picture of the AT-AT, you know. So um, so it's an Empire Strikes Back 48A back. Yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, um, so... I bought it from the guy on uh, on eBay, and he's like, "Oh, it came from a uh, the Kenner um, the Kenner company, the the Kenner store, mm-hmm. you know." Um, and uh, um, 
you know, I, I really didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, okay, cool, you know, whatever. That's why it has the void on the back because, you know, obviously that's a weird thing to see on the back. And he's like, well, it came from the, the Kenner Company store. And um, I didn't, really didn't think anything of it because I, the, the, I bought it because it was an offerless Empire Strikes Right, back, you just wanted you know, something without an offer. With a nice bubble and it was relatively clear and it was unpunched. Um, but so I, I tried to verify it. At one point on Rebel Scum, and I, I, I posted it, and I said, do you, "Do you guys have any more information about this on Rebel? You know, to the people on Rebel Scum, and people are like, well, do you know where it came from? Do you know what employee it came from?'" And I'm like, "You know, the guy mentioned it, but I, I didn't even know that that was an important thing that it came from right. an employee at this time when I bought this, and um, so I have no idea. It says it's stamped void on the back, um, and I don't know what that means." Well, we have a general idea. I mean, it does sound like it came from the, the Kenner store or came from a Kenner employee. The way he explained it was that he said that it came from a, um, uh, they voided out the proof of purchase so you can, you know, use the proof of purchase. To, or to resell it. Or, to resell yeah. it or something like that. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if that's the truth. I have no idea. It's but a beautiful piece. I think we're all you. jealous. Thank you. I, re- <laughs> I really appreciate that because I, I was like, that's oh, probably some fake shit. Stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, hopefully it's uh, whatever. Cool. You know, it's a cool piece. It's a beautiful nonetheless. piece. Nonetheless. Yeah. It's funny because I never thought anything of it until I mentioned it to, like, Ron. I think I, I mentioned it to Ron, you know, that. Uh, I know. Um, I know. <laughs> oh, look at, look at this. It's weird. Yeah, Isn't it weird? And he was like, holy cow, really? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, man, look at it. Yeah, definitely kind of store. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but it's cool to have. You know, yeah. Something weird like this. This, this is uh, just, you know, it's a piece that I don't really think much of now. But now that it's kind of been not authenticated, but uh, explained a little expl- bit more. Yeah, explained a little bit more, and I'll have more appreciation for it. You know, that's special. Are there any other. So he has. So Fon's in this in this case at the at the bottom. He has mostly uh, Empire Strikes Back stuff. Some stuff is graded. Some stuff is just you know in acrylic. Um, you have two. It looks like you have two Lando Calrissians oh, here. Oh, I will tell you all about the Lando Calrissians because the, the Lando Calrissian is one of my favorite figures ever. It's because he has teeth. That's why he's your favorite. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, I, one, I just love Lando. Yeah. I love the character. Yeah, no, you know, I love Lando. Yeah. But uh, I, I just think it's so odd that they painted teeth on this poor guy. <laughs> oh, here it is. So, 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 you know, you can see the difference between the Lando with teeth and the Lando without teeth. Oh yeah! Wow. And. Um, do you have a preference between the two? Oh, I definitely like the Lando with teeth. Of yeah, course, yeah. he's much happier, you know? <laughs> I, I like a happy Lando, you yeah. know? I love it. So, um, you know, this one is graded AFA 85, so it's pretty. It's a pretty high grade. Whoa, but it also looks like there's some differences in his hair and in his face. Like, his face looks like a matted paint for the smiling one, and then it looks like almost more like a molded face. No, uh, you know, I never... I, I was more into the teeth. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, but, but yeah, lovely, but yeah, right? you're right. You're right. There, there, there is a significant difference. Yeah. Now that you look at it. Yeah. Is it the same number? <laughs> the, the one with the teeth actually has eyeballs. If you look oh, at yeah. it. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's and, and, true too. That's and that was painted white as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, where was this manufactured? BT seventy-five. So here it looks like. 
It looks like this one was manufactured in... Oh, yeah, here. Made in Hong Kong. Made in Hong Kong. Which one's this? This one would be... Made in Hong Kong as well. Yeah, well. But that's a 30... So the, the non-smiling one is a 31... I think it's a 31... No, no, it's not. 31B back. And then this one is a 48... 48D. I just, I'm sorry, the no, sorry, 41D. So, you know, I think the differences of the paint are just fantastic. Yeah, it's really cool. But like you, you pointed well, out, and the, the hair. cape too, even. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Beauties. How it's folded. Thank you. Are there any others in this case that uh, no? Yeah, you know, the, mostly mostly uh, your standard Empire Strikes. But this is all the Empire Strikes Back ones. Well, there's some some more over there, but these are the ones that I really like. Yeah. These are the figures that I really like. So he has two you know, best, layers. best in layers with the different poses. Mm-hmm. Um, the different you know, photos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the ESB Snowtrooper is is, is is clear, which is, you know. Yeah, that's a tough one to we'll get see, clear. We'll see how long that lasts. And the Han as well. And the, Han, the Han is clear as well, you know, and again, the Adat Commander and the IG-88. I've had the IG-88, geez, for probably yeah. th- close to 30 years now. Now, so, yeah. you know, I keep, I keep the IG-88 because I've had it for that long. It's amazing. And then some of my favorite stuff here is your Return of the Jedi. Like, I just, you have you have three different Vaders. Yes, so uh, so uh, two of those Vaders uh, were purchased at KB Toy Store by myself when I, you know, in the maybe 85, 86. Um, and you kept so, them carded and sealed for yeah, that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of my Jedi figures are uh, the ones that I bought at the store. Um, there are, I'm, I'm noticing in these in these last two shelves, like there are a lot of multiples. So you have two Bens, three Vaders, two Tusken Raiders, two Han Solos, two Chewbacca's, Two Luke Skywalkers and one Princess Leia. These are all in Return of the Jedi card. I think I know the answer to this, but is there a reason why you have like two or three of each? So the Ben is a different photo. The the Vader is a different photo. But this, but there's one Vader that is a uh, where was it made? It was manufactured in Mexico. Yeah, so it's, it's a little bit unique. Right. And th- and this Vader I like because it has the Anakin Skywalker sticker on it. Mm-hmm. So. You know, and again, these were ones that I just. You know, th- this Vader, though, is the original 12 back, you know, Empire Strikes Back Vader photo, which, uh, you know, I think is obviously iconic. Um, the Tuscan Raiders. Same photo. But same photo, but one one is a hollow cheeks and one is a, uh, uh, you know, a regular Tuscan Raider. The, the Han has two different pictures. The Chewie has two different pictures. The Luke has two different pictures. And then the Leia is just. Uh, you know, just a great picture. Iconic, yeah. And yeah. and something big to note, too, for any collectors that are listening, the Han Solos, uh, at least one of the Chewbacca's, and then one of the, not the um, not the Gunner photo, but the original photo of Luke Skywalker on the Jedi card, those are all clear bubbles as well, too. And the Princess Leia is one of the nicest ones I've seen. It's unpunched, and it, the bubble is slightly yellowing, but it's a beautiful one. So. Then you got some, you have some 12-inch dolls here. Uh, 12-inch <laughs> these 12 boxed. Inches, all these 12-inches have an interesting story around them. So the 12-inch IG-88, I bought it at a, uh, a place called Stellar Toys, which was around the, 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 the corner from my college, and uh, uh, I bought the IG-88 because I never had it as a kid, so I really wanted the IG-88, so I, you know, I was able to get that at that toy store that was, you know, that I spent my student loans on, that I'm still paying. Sure. Um, uh, on, uh, on IG-88 and several pieces in here still. So the, uh, the Chewbacca, 
the Chewbacca. My my mother bought that for me. She just went in an ad in toy shop and and bought the twelve inch Chewbacca for me. And what year was that? Around eighty eight. Wow. Yeah, eighty seven, eighty eight. She you know because I was getting the toy shop and she saw uh, you know she knew maybe, maybe it was later than that maybe maybe ninety. But so your mom is doing what we collectors dreamed about. Yes. And buying from yeah. the toy shop magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she knew that I I bought stuff out of there and I, you know I was interested in it. So she you know she just went in and bought the Chewbacca because she liked Chewbacca. Um, the Han came, also came from Stellar Toys where I got the IG eighty eight and. Uh, um, you know, I bought that when I was in college. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And then you have next to this beautiful shelf of carded Star Wars figures, you have a poster that looks like it's signed by two people. Is the Hildebrands. Yeah, the oh, Hildebrands. Wow. <laughs> that was uh, that was bought during the Dark Ages when uh, Steve Zanser was on QVC, and uh, he was selling with the other guy that he always sold with, and the same guy. Was that like '96, '94, something like that? Yeah, probably. Okay. I, I don't remember, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's it's not a Star Wars poster; it's a New Hope poster. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's signed by the Hildebrands, you know. It's just, it's just cool. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah. And it has that iconic Hildebrand image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Luke yeah. has this the saber above his head, and and Princess Leia is kind of a little bit lower. C three PO and R two D two are in the background, and uh, and then there's an image of Darth Vader's head in the background with the X wings and the, the Death Star too. Um, underneath that, you have a really cool shelf. It's one of my favorite pieces because I love the micro. So 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 this shelf, this shelf along with the desk. As, as well as the R2 were bought for me by my parents. The R2 is a toy toter. The desk is a child's desk that has a picture of uh, Jabba's sail barge on the side of it, and it's Return of the Jedi themed. And then the shelf has uh, three. Sh- I'm sorry, the the um, it's like almost like a bookcase, and it has three shelves on it, and it has Jabba's sail barge uh, in the background of one, the Star Destroyer, and uh, a battle scene from Endor in there as well. So if you want to explain what this is. so my so my my. My parents bought this for me from the, either the J.C. Penney or the Sears catalog in the mid '80s or whatever, you know. And um, so I've had them ever since. So these are, you know, these, so. But in, on this particular shelf is also the stuff that my mother bought at KB Toy Store, um, which I still have a lot of pieces from actually because that's where my mother shopped. Uh, she went to KB Toy Store and she bought all of these micro machines because they were on sale, and she just bought them for me. And I literally opened them. Put them together, put the stickers on them, and left them. So. And displayed them. And displayed them, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and at the very top, you have one of my favorite pieces, just from all of the a vintage, which is the, uh, the the Millennium Falcon. Um, with all the figures underneath it as well, too, which is really nice. But um, it looks like it's in superb condition. Like, all of these are in beautiful condition. This is, this is actually an unusual piece. It's funny you should point that out, because... My mother bought these, you know, on clearance sale at KB, and she bought them for me because they were cheap, and she just bought a, bought all of them for me for, like, a birthday or something. So all of a sudden, I had all the micro-machines, and I was like, oh, these are kind of cool. I'll open them and put them together, you know, wishing I kept them in the sealed box, but I didn't. But uh, those are those. That's the collection. Oh, but the Millennium Falcon. So you pointed out the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, yeah, I love the Millennium Falcon. This is a weird story how I acquired this. So I ran a... um, 
classified ad in the, the Syracuse Post Standard, uh, the local paper, and I said, you know, buying vintage Star Wars toys, this is probably in 89 or something like that, and um, this guy calls me up, and most people would call me up, and this is before the advent of the internet and everything, you just had to go to their house and look at their stuff, and sometimes it would be like, you know, stuff that I'm not even interested in, just, you know. Just stuff I wasn't interested in, you know. And so a lot of people didn't know what Star Wars toys were, yeah. you know. It was, oh, oh, it's He-Man. Oh, that must be Star Wars, you know. Hey. And uh, so I, toys. I, would go, I would go to their house and see that kind of stuff. So this particular piece, I went to a guy's house, and he's like, yeah, I just bought this collection at our garage sale, and I want to sell it. And I'm like, well, what do you want it? And it was a lot of, it was a lot of figures and everything. And, and uh, um, but this was the, the piece out of it uh he, he was like 50 bucks for everything you know wow. and i offered him 30 and he was like no no man i, I gotta get 50 i gotta get 50 and uh uh, uh so he's like he i'm like all right i'll give you 50 and uh this was this was part of it and that's the reason why one of the reasons why i bought bought it was because it had the micro falcon and i had never seen one before yeah. well, i own one so that's how i acquired that and there's so many pieces to it too with like the working elevator and then yeah, yeah. you open the hatch but last night and is, it this one is pretty Pristine yeah. and the figures are in really good shape, especially the droids. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, it was, you know, there was just some crazy thing through a newspaper. Awesome. Classified ad. Yeah. And then so we're just going to go above here and then go down to, to what's on the floor because that the, what's on the floor is really really special. What's above is awesome, uh, but but the the real special stuff here is uh, the meaningful stuff is on the bottom. Uh, so. We're looking at right now. There's on the very top near the ceiling are two speeder bikes, and then you have two Jedi two packs, and then what looks like all the Ewoks and all of the droids carded. Is that correct? Other than the uh, Boba Fett, which is in the case behind me, and the C three and R two D two. Yes. Wow. Um, oh, and the B wing fighter. Um, you have a clear bubble size from and a clear bubble tig from as yeah, well, and yeah. a clear bubble uh, wicket, which is really yes. nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, these were all everything that we just spoke about um, other than the speeder bikes were bought by my mother for me for again my like 15th or 16th birthday and mm-hmm. I was like yeah okay I got you know you, you can you can see the KB price sticker on it it's just like yeah. $1.99 um, it's got the red you know line through it and um, uh, yeah she bought these for me for like one birthday or whatever and I was like, oh, great, you know, Ewoks and droids, I'm not really into them anymore. You know, I, I kind of just put them away, and, uh, you know, obviously I kept them, and now they're, you know, sought after. And like you said, like the size and take from are, are in really, really good shape. They're and, incredible, uh, yeah. Um, I think they're un- they're unpunched, um, as well as the two-packs. She bought me those two-packs, too. And uh, the speeder bikes I bought at Ames, Ames Department Store, I was in there and uh, they were they were like blowing them out for like ninety nine cents a piece and I bought like four of them or something <laughs> like that and uh, you know I was so happy you know I, I walked home from Ames department store to my house and uh, I had four speeder bikes for like four bucks or you know whatever it cost and they still look gorgeous yeah yeah they're they're in really good shape the only thing is is I yeah <laughs> and uh, the only thing is is I I tore the um, price stickers off because you know this was in the late 80s or early 90s and i thought oh i don't want the price stickers on you know but i I was like yeah Um, nice yeah okay and then so going below that now on the on the floor you have what to me is just i mean we're standing in a collection room of 
absolutely amazing, amazing pieces. But there's special stuff here because it's it's personal and it really to me defines who you are. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. So everything on the on the floor is actually stuff my parents bought for me that I that, you know that I, that I collected. Some things I've cobbled together because I would tell the neighborhood I would you know uh, uh, buy the. In my neighborhood that I grew up in, there's a lot of kids and they had Star Wars stuff, and nobody wanted Star Wars stuff after like, you know, 1984, 85. They were on other things, and so I would buy their collections and like cobble stuff together so that I had a complete, you know, X Wing or Y Wing or Imperial Attack Base or something like that. So mm-hmm. that's what the bottom floor represents, but. Um, the other stuff that's on the shelf is uh, uh, is uh, my 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 fan club uh, uh, t-shirt jersey or uh, Bantha tracks. Especially to me because it, it was actually my Bantha club t-shirt that my mother got for me. And then above the picture is uh, a little league picture of mine when I was in T-ball. The belt that I was wearing was a Star Wars belt. Um, is that the so? There's a belt that's hanging off of the frame, and in the picture is a picture of you with your 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 glove. Uh, you know your little league hat and, and and jersey, and then at the same time you can see the belt. Is it the same belt? It's the same that, belt. So that's yeah, your childhood yeah, yeah, belt. Yeah, yeah. So so my mother saved everything. So she saved the uh, the, the Star Wars belt, and uh, um, you know, so it's a special memory. And there are the, two of my favorite pieces in your whole set. There are these ceramic. There's a ceramic R two D two mug. So it's a white mug with almost a rectangular handle, and it has. Um, some of the, the parts on RTD2 are like the rectangles and, and circles are filled in in like a, a kind of little periwinkle blue. And then you also have a much larger ceramic um, R2D2 where it's similar and it has uh, it's white with, with blue, right? Those are two of my favorite pieces. Oh, and well, I know they're some of yours. Well, yeah, they're, 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 those were made for me by my mother in the, the 70s. And in fact, if you look at the bottom of this one, uh, it says I think it says Francine, which is my mother's name, and it says like 1978 or something wow. like that. Uh, yeah, 1978. And um, I didn't realize it was from the 70s too. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So um, you know, she made that for me. She made the the uh, the other ceramic R2 for me. These are only the piece, the only pieces that survived from my childhood because I had a lot of pieces but my uh, my brother broke them on me and uh so I accidentally accidentally yeah, yeah. yes accidentally um but uh but those are the two remaining ceramic pieces that i have from my childhood Okay, so now, so we came across the short wall, and there's one more piece on the short wall that's in front of your window, if you could just explain it, that I just absolutely love. I think it's so special. I regret not, not getting one, but if you uh, could. So that's, the, uh, that's our Empire State uh, Star Wars Club logo. And, um, you know, I, I think it was designed by uh, Jason Thomas, uh, Tom Quinn, Sky Payne, and Mike Boniface, uh, who were the original founders of our club. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, Jason made it for a few of us, and uh, you know, uh, he said if you're going to hang it with pride, hang it, and so uh, that's what I did. And I believe it's it's modeled after the New York Seal, and it has what kind of looks like a rope around it. It says Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club, um, and then it has the the red and the green lightsabers underneath, and then it has um, Princess Leia in her white gown, and then Princess Leia in her Bespin outfit, a picture of Tatooine, and then on top of that is the Death Star with. 
uh, the Millennium Falcon and, and two X-Wings flying out of it. And it's just beautiful. Yeah, they, but, did, a, they did a great job yeah. uh, when they designed it. Um, and, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was uh, uh, you know, really thankful that uh, Jason thought of me and said, hey, man, you know, uh, I'm going to send you this and hang it up in your collection room. Or yeah. Whatever, you know, and so. it's really, the, it's the first thing you see when you come in because it's up against the wall where the window is. And at the same time, like, Today at FonzCon too is a it's an Empire State meetup, so you have the Empire State Collectors Club shirt on, and you have the seal here, which is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, looking at this at this longer wall here, um, you have a lot of the boxed vehicles um, that are all sealed. They're yes. all completely yeah, yeah, sealed. Yeah. Some are graded well, not, not and cased. The, not the Palatoy Death Star. Okay, so everything the but the Palatoy. Can you yes. explain what the Palatoy Death Star is, just in case? So that's the uh, Death Star that they made, and uh, they, they made it all over the place, uh, Canada, Britain. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't made here in in America. You have you have the Death Star that was made, the domestic Death Star, the one that was made for for America, um, up on the the next shelf over, and it's much different. That one's made out of plastic. This one is, I believe, a chipboard. Is that what it's called? I'm not really sure. Actually, okay. I, I, it's cardboard. It's obviously not as durable as the uh, the the uh, American version mm-hmm. but uh, you know it was, a, it was a cool piece I've um, it's unique and, and, and because it's unique it, it and it's so unique especially from the American version that, that that's why it makes it special yeah and um, it literally looks like nothing else that has ever been created yeah, no, for Star absolutely Wars absolutely not I, I, I think the, the, the story behind it is so interesting is that the you know Britain was having problems with the oil crisis and they couldn't make you know they didn't have the oil or whatever they needed for to make the plastic stuff, so they make cardboard stuff. And I think that's so interesting that you know, um, you know, because of that, that's why their Death Star looks different than our Death Star. Yeah, and and yet it's just it's it's just as detailed, if not more so. And there are so many beautiful, cool pieces of it that reflect the actual movie too. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's um. It's that's like artwork that they did on the on the interior of it, mm-hmm. whereas versus the American version, which is just you know basically plastic. It's mm-hmm. you know and, and it's beautiful in its own right, but it's still just plastic. Where that 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 has artwork on either side of every piece, mm-hmm. and you have above it you have a sealed Millennium Falcon. Uh, from from the original Star Wars release, and that's graded. It's graded at a seventy five, so it's cased and graded, which is so hard to find. You know, something that big that that's still sealed. <laughs> the way I found this, I found this this particular spaceship or this particular piece because I was stupid because <laughs> I didn't know how to spell Millennium. I thought it only had one N and N, so I would Google on or the search on eBay for Millennium Falcons, but with one, only one N, and. Uh, uh, I bid. I bid on this particular piece and because the seller had mislabeled it. As well. She did mislabeled it as well because you know only the dumb people are are, are, are searching on eBay for Millennium with <laughs> one end. But that's what I was doing, and so uh, I, I I ended up landing on this auction because I was looking for a a, a mint seal box uh, Falcon, Star Wars Falcon, and. Um, I think I, I don't remember what I bid on it, but you know it was a very low price, and I bid on it, and I won it, and I was shocked that I won it for so low. low and I was like, I can't believe I I, I I got this for you know such a ridiculously low price. I, I think I my minimum bid was much higher than that, <laughs> yeah. and and then I realized it was when I got it was that well because I spell millennium with one n, <laughs> and uh, 
all the idiots to spell millennium with one N um, are apparently successful. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And they didn't want to bid more than you know whatever I bid on that. Yeah. I, I can't remember, but it's a, it's a funny piece. Just it's how I acquired it. And you have you also have like a box Jabba the Hutt, uh, Darth Vader's Tie Fighter, the A Wing Fighter. Two pieces that I really like that are worth noting. You have the Hoth Wampa. Um, with the the dollar rebate sticker and the slave one with the dollar rebate sticker, which is really hard to find. So that that's a that's a really cool one. You have a sealed adat on the other end of, of the shelf, um, which is enormous, <laughs> and and an, an imperial shuttle uh, sealed on the other side. Um, and then above that, you have in in the dead center of everything, you have one of my absolute favorite pieces. Man, I just love this. So it's a modern piece, but I just love it so much. And I'm going to ask you to explain it because it. For me, it's it's something that I've never seen before, and I don't think anyone's done anything like it. Well, the thing that fascinates me about Ahsoka Tano is that she's a gray Jedi, and I think that's very interesting because, you know, we were used to the Jedis that we saw growing up, like like Luke and Yoda and Ben, and they were so, you know, uh, they were so pure and 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 righteous. It was good guys, bad guys. Good guys, bad guys, and I, and I like Osaka Tano because she lives in the world in between. She's a gray Jedi, so I think that's you know a unique trait. And I think her story arc, and I hated her at the beginning. I hated her at the beginning of Clone Wars. Well, and Ashley Eckstein has said, yeah, most people did not like her because she came across as kind of young and bratty, and people yeah, yeah. didn't understand that she, her character was going to go through a whole growth. Evolution, yeah, 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 and. Uh, um, you know, to watch her go through that, through the Clone Wars, I mean, I, I really connected with her character, that she lives on, you know, either side of the fence, and uh, I like the great Jedi story, and how she left the Jedi Order, and, you know, let's face it, maybe if she didn't leave the Jedi Order, uh, she would have died. Or she would have been able to realize that Palpatine, Palpatine was uh, the uh, the Emperor. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, because, she, yeah. because she lived on both sides, but, you know, whatever. So in this piece, this is a piece that was cased by CAS. Yeah. So Mark, Ross, and company, great job on this. Um, and it is, on, on the left-hand side, you have a, a carded Ahsoka. On the right-hand side, you have a carded Ahsoka, both from the vintage collection. Yeah. And then in the center, you have this, this strip, this graphic... Um, that has words and an image on it. So if you can explain why you have two Clone Wars Ahsoka vintage collection card of figures and then what that piece is in the center. Like I said, I just really like Ahsoka, the character. And uh, so on the left side is the American Clone Wars vintage collection version. On the right side is the European Clone Wars vintage collection version. In the middle is the Grey Jedi Code, you know, uh, which I don't know it off the top of my head, but, you know, if... if uh, it's it's the you know everything is opposite without through, through passion i gain focus through knowledge i gain power through serenity i gain strength it's just uh you know it's through um, victory i gain harmony there's only the force there's only and it the has force. the the, right. the great there's, there's, there's no good side there's no light side and dark side it's everything is in equilibrium mm -hmm. which is sort of what luke was trying to teach ray at one point i think right I don't know because I, I I hate the last Jedi. Okay. So I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, and so yeah. then I'm going to pretend that movie doesn't. Well, exist. Yeah, moving on from that. <laughs> no, let's move on from the last Jedi. Don't don't ever mention it again. So then you have <laughs> up, up here you have the Return of the Jedi Rancor in the box and the Tri Logo Rancor. Yep. And then now you have starting with Empire Strikes Back on the top uh, shelf. This is like about 
three shelves worth of, of carded figures. It's all of the Empire Strikes Back, the rest of the Empire Strikes Back run, into the Return of the Jedi run, where you have even a clear bubble uh, Princess Leia Organa in her, her Bausch costume. Uh, and then it goes all the way down through the Power of the Force, um, ending with Luke Jedi, right, the Power of the Force. Um, is there anything special that you want to highlight from these? Well, a lot of the Jedi figures and a lot of the Power of the Force figures I bought in... in Toy stores and the, you know around Syracuse, and uh, so a lot a lot of these figures came from just me going and buying them. When you say you uh, bought in toy stores, you bought them when they were out on store shelves, or yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, so yeah. from this is from the eighties. Yeah, from the eighties. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it could, because you know when Jedi came out, it was so a lot of these figures came out eighty three, eighty four. So you're you know especially Power of the Force. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, you know, I I'll, I'll buy them, but uh, you you know, my dad always told me. You know, you should you shouldn't you shouldn't play with those. You should you should keep them in the box and keep them sealed. They're going to be worth money someday. And I was like, "You're crazy! I'm not, not going to. I'm going to play with these. I want, I want the guns. I want to put them in their hands. You know." And yeah. and, uh, and uh, so by the time Jedi came out and, and Power of the Force figures came out, uh, uh, I, I I started to heed my father's advice and just kept them sealed. Mm. And. Um, the condition of these are virtually immaculate. I mean, essentially immaculate. And uh, there's one that I just really like. A little different. Uh, it's a Lando from Return of the Jedi. And there's something about this that... And it, this happens on, on Carta figures, but this one kind of made it special. So uh, if you can explain what that is. So the, the, the Lando, which is, again, one of my favorite characters. I just love the character. Because he's, he's kind of... He's like the gray Jedi, but he's not a Jedi. But, you know, he kind of lives in the world of, you know... Uh, good and evil. Good and evil, you know? And uh, so Lando, again, is... Um, uh, he's, he's the salt and pepper Lando. Yeah. He, uh, he, he's got a little bit of a, the, the mold that's growing on the figure that you could easily take off. Yeah, of. so it's crystallization, where they call it frosting. Yeah. And he has yeah. it not only on his head, which is amazing, but he also has it on his mustache as well, too. So he, he just looks like a, like a, like a, like an older Billy D. Williams. Yes. And then I, I, I I can't bring myself to try to go, you know, go through the process of putting it out in the sunlight and trying to get rid of the mold because I think it makes such a beautiful figure. It's like an older Billy D. Williams. I think we're going to have to call him the Golden Girls, be Billy D. Williams, yeah, yeah, the Golden absolutely. Girls Lando. I'm good from with that. One. I'm good with that. Sure. Chris Riley has uh, B. Arthur socks on tonight. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. So now we're getting to the last section, which is a glass case within his closet where the doors have been taken off, uh, and, and it's beautifully lit, and there's a lot of good stuff in here. So if you just want to walk me through however you want to do it. So the 12-back collection is interesting because I bought that maybe in 1988, 89. The entire? The entire 12-back plus the, the, the figure stand, which you can see, you know, has never been used. It was basically yeah. opened and then... Put back in the box, and, and it's left. sitting on top of the box right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, and um, so I bought I bought this in '88 or '89. I, I don't know, seven hundred bucks for all the twelve backs and all and, and the figure stand. You know, ridiculously low price. So I've had it since then, and uh, not too long ago, a guy I, I can't remember his name. I wish I could. I'm sorry, I can't. He contacts me on uh, 
one of the Facebook pages. They say, "Hey, Fonz, you, you bought the, the, that that twelve back set for me, but like thirty five years wow. ago, you know, you know." And uh, and he says, "Geez, I can't remember his name. I'm so, uh, so I'm sorry about that." But uh, he said, "He said I, I sold you that your twelve back set. Do you still have it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I still got it. You know, and uh, you know, it's awesome." And, and uh, so it's weird that the hobby's that small that you know some guy that I bought something from thirty years ago, yeah. twenty five years ago, something something like that. Yeah, um, uh, you know, was still in it, and uh, he recognized my name and remembered like, it too. And yeah. remembered it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that makes that. The twelve back special. That's beautiful. And you you also have uh, some of the twenty backs, right? Yeah. Twenty and twenty one backs in yeah, there, yeah, yeah. and then it goes into the Empire set. Yeah, um, yeah. One of my favorite pieces in this case here, actually, I have two, but uh, is this Star Wars action figures four pack. Um, so, do you know where this four pack came from? Yeah, this was purchased for me probably in the Christmas of eighty five or eighty six by my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, you know, I wasn't into toys anymore. And my father had gotten through to me. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to keep, I, you know, I'll open it. I'll look at the figures. I'll just keep them. And so I immediately took the figures out of the box and put them in the comic book uh, backboards with the plastic on it. And, and they, there they stayed for decades. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, the, yeah. so this one is a special one, too, because it's, uh, I'm not exactly sure which, um, Department store, which place it came from, but I, I, knowing my mother, it came from J.C. Penney's. Okay, so this might be a J.C. Penney <laughs> set, and it is. Uh, it's the four. Yeah, it is. It says it on here as well. It's been graded by CAS. Uh, it's an eighty plus. So, again, uh, Ross, uh, Mark, and, and company, good job. Uh, but it's it's Leia. It's the original Luke. Darth Vader and the big head Han Solo and the the bags are just gorgeous on this. I mean, I don't think there's really any discoloring on the Luke, the Han, or or even the uh, the Leia. So it's just beautiful piece. Oh well, you know, like I said, that's something I had you know mm-hmm. for a long time. And then my maybe my favorite piece in this entire oh, set. Oh, thank you, I appreciate that. This one and the one that's above it is the the early bird. Yeah, the early bird. Um there's not a really great, interesting story about the early okay. bird. I just bought it on eBay. <laughs> so, uh, so you did you buy it already graded like this, or did you have it? It's not graded. I mean, a case? Did you buy a case like this? No, 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 no. Okay. I, bought it, uh, I, I bought it from uh, Thomas Derby, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's unique because it's a... It's a it's a Star Wars Luke and a Star Wars Leia and a J-baggy, which... I think or, or double telescoping uh, Luke mm-hmm. sealed in a J baggie, which I think is you know you don't see a lot of those because they got confused with the B baggies because okay. they were both uh, vertical written you know made in Hong Kong's. Mm-hmm. Um, are they heat sealed or are they? They're heat sealed. Okay, and yeah, then yeah. Chewy Chewy is uh, tape sealed, and uh, I think R two is tape sealed too. I'm and not sure. Though. Do I have this right? Is the the box does it have a shipping label on the back? No, no, no. That, that was wow. one of those company overstock uh, cases. Yeah. So I mean, it's amazing to see a white because usually you see the Maple Plains um, address on there, and, and 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 there's nothing. I mean, it, it's just pure white, and it, it looks really sharp. It's very cool. 
I just don't. I don't feel. No, I'm not passionate okay. about that piece. Okay. I'm just not. Right. I'm just not. But just know? even even from a perspective of just like cleanliness and just oh yeah, being like yeah, forty yeah, years yeah, old yeah, and sharp, yeah, yeah. it looks. But I mean, beautiful. that was just something I bought on eBay. You know yeah. what I mean? There's yeah. no like unique story no, okay. about it. You yeah. know what I mean? But I mean, it looks fantastic. It's one of the nicer ones I've seen in oh, a long yeah. time. Thank you. Thank you. And then we get to the last case, which is uh, if you had to define it by one word, what would that be? It'd be Boba Fett. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, I guess that's two words, but yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the Boba case. Uh, so walk me through it. Uh, so the, uh, I think Boba Fett speaks to me because, not because he's a cool bounty hunter or anything like that, but it was because when he, when he came out, my mother was the one that saved all the proof of purchases from all the Star Wars figures and, and mailed them away and sent in the check for whatever it was, two ninety nine or whatever, and I ended up with like six or seven Malaway Boba Fett's. And the way they, I remember being so anxious for them to show up. And uh, um, and it felt like you were waiting forever for them, Oh, right? God, yeah. I, I still remember the feeling. And when they started to show up, they didn't show up all at once. They started like, I'd get one one day, two the next day, you know. <laughs> but I knew, you know, that I was expecting a lot of them, you yes. know what I mean? I'm like, oh, my God, Boba Fett, he's so cool, you know. And I still have them. They're down in my basement, but mm-hmm. I still have them, all of them, uh, down in my basement. Uh, they're all, you know, beat to hell and played with. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, and loved. And loved, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I still have the, 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 the all those Boba Fetts. Uh, and they will always be gifts from your mom, too. Well, which is yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what, so that's what got me into Boba Fett. So mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I, I had an Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett. I had a, I had a Star or a Jedi Boba Fett. But I didn't know that he came out on a Star Wars card until, I, again, you know, from concept to screen to, screen to collectible. Mm-hmm. Um, I read in there that Boba Fett came out on a 21-back card. And I had to have a Boba Fett. You know, I had the Jedi and I had the Empire. But I had to have him on a, on a, on a Star Wars card. So that, that's how I acquired that piece. And my gosh, I mean, you couldn't have picked a nicer one. This is one that's been graded. It's a 21-back B. Uh, it's it's um, it's archival quality. It's an 85. Uh, the card, the bubble, and the figure, 85s. Um, and and that's, you, you don't have just that one. You have a whole, let's see, one, two, three, four. You have six of them here, right? Uh, well, I like Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, and I like all the different cards and all the different variations. I don't really go and I'm not really into card backs or... or like the you don't care about like a twenty one B a twenty one C you no. just want a twenty one back yeah I just like the the, the the different images on the front mm-hmm. I think that's what that's what draws me to it so it looks like we have a, a Star Wars twenty one back then we have an Empire twenty one back and uh, an Empire you would know better forty one back an Empire forty one A which has the offer on it one is offerless. Uh, and then the two Return of the Jedi's. So why were there two Return of the Jedi's? What's the big difference here? Visually? Well, again, the, you know, from the ones that we looked at earlier, the, uh, the the Jedi ones, you know, they're two different images. So I wanted the desert scene as well. And the one that I didn't even know the desert scene. I actually have had for. I, 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 if I didn't buy that at the store, I bought it right after it was available at the store. I had the, I had the desert scene, and I didn't know that he even came in the space scene on Jedi. And then when I saw it, you know, I had to I needed a space scene Jedi mm-hmm. Boba Fett as well. I didn't know that he came on, you know, did the different cards. Okay, and then underneath that, you have uh, a shelf that has two of the large size action figures. So these would be the the twelve inch, um, the twelve inch dolls, and you have them. 
Uh, are they sealed? Is that? Yeah, yeah. Both of them are sealed. Okay. One's graded in 80. Uh, the Empire's graded in 80. The Star Wars is not graded, but mm-hmm. it's, it's in really good shape. So it's the not... difference is the logo. One's a Star Wars, one's an Empire. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And um, I, got, I, I just recently purchased uh, one of my growls, The Revenge of the Jedi Proof, yeah. uh, uh, Boba Fett. And um, um, not uh, a few years ago, I purchased the uh, the uh, the trial of Boba Fett, and uh, you know those were two of my growls that I was after, and I was able to you know get. And then the the funny story is is that there's IG88's belt and his bombs sitting on Boba Fett's shelf, mm-hmm. and that's because Jason Thomas told me that uh, the plastic reacts with the bombs and the belt and. You should not uh, uh, keep them together. You should take them off. So now IG-88's belt and their bombs reside in Boba Fett's case. Yes, because basically if the bombs sit inside of the plastic belt, um, they will meld into the belt. If you touch the bombs, they're really sticky. So you can see why they would melt and melt. I guess they're sort of liquefying or the liquid is coming (laughs) through. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird how... Smushy there. The the Trilogo Fed is one of my favorites, and I'm not a I'm not a big Boba Fett guy, but I appreciate him because of people like you, collectors like you. But this Trilogo Fed is one of my favorites, and it's because of the color. Um, so it it has the the three logos on the top, the, the card, and then it has the desert scene photo art um, of Boba Fett, but the the figure is in a light blue, which is really cool. I mean, it's 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 almost a white in a way, like a whitish gray blue, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The um. It was funny when I first got on Rebel Scum. I was like, "Oh, I think I have one of those Palatoy Fets because because I have a, a discolored Fet that, 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 that you know that, yeah. that, that over the years has has kind of gone you know whitish, whitish gray. gray." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, is that, is that a Palatoy Fet?" And they're like, "No, no, that's not a Palatoy Fet." And I, I was like, "You know, I get you know." But, you know, you'll edit that out. <laughs> sure. And uh, um, I was like, okay, okay, now I understand. So, uh, yeah. That, so that's why that speak, that, that piece kind of speaks to me. Yeah, and it's a really cool piece. And, and this, is the, this is the proper, the non-discolored uh, Palatoy Fett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in this case, uh, man, this is, I mean, this is just an ex- exquisite, gorgeous uh, shelf. You have here, I would say, at least four or five pieces that are just... That would be the highlight in anyone's collection. The, so the piece on here that that I'm most interested in is the um, the the baggage fat and Bosque because it's so hard to find the IG88. Like I would have thought, you know, what are they from? Uh, they're from the uh, the Empire Strikes Back Vader case. Um, so and, the, and these specific bags were ESB, exclusive. They're ESBB bags. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, you know, I, from my limited knowledge. Uh, they were only available in the Vader case, so you know I have the fat, I have the Bosk, and I just need the IG eighty eight now. And I, but but, but man, I th- I just think that's such a cool set, you know, because it's the uh, it's the Vader case with the with the bounty hunters in it. Yeah, and and the bag looks really nice too because the Kenner logo is in white and blue, um, yeah, and it just it looks really sharp. But beyond that, I mean, with the, so you have here you have the the droids fat carded, mm-hmm. um, that one's graded as seventy five. And then you have, and I'm not great with displays, so I might need help with this. So this is the Get a Free Boba Fett action figure, uh, limited offer. It's rectangular, and it has a picture of Boba Fett, and it's the, it would be like the, the header on a display? Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the header. Um, yeah, this was one of my first 
big purchases when I found the community mm-hmm. that I didn't even know that you could buy displays, mm. you know, from stores. And uh, um, uh, what I what I find interesting about this piece is that is that you can see the so so there's the image of the rocket firing Boba Fett next to the regular Boba Fett, and. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You see how, but it's been covered through. over. Yeah, yeah, it's been covered over by the sticker. But you can see that the image of the rocket firing Boba Fett still kind of has has over the years, I would assume, have bled through. So you know, you can see the rock kind of the the image of the rocket firing Boba Fett through the sticker, and I think that makes you know that makes this piece interesting because. It, it's just something a weird thing that happened over the years, you know. Yeah. So the way it works is you have this this giant yellow, almost starburst, right? It's kind of a jagged edged starburst where you have the Boba Fett standing up and it, it looks like, I would even say that I think this is probably like a hand painted, it's either a proto mold or a hard copy of the Boba Fett, but it's the one with the, the rocket. Yeah, it's the, uh, it's the kit bash. Is it? Is it? Uh, no, it's bash? not. It's not the kit bash. It's not the kit bash? No, but oh, no. but it's it's one where I guess the rocket is is stable and and they just they just have the figure just standing there. Mm. And what they did is off to the, the the right side of that starburst, you can actually see there. I guess it was a bigger picture, and it was the um, the rocket firing fet, and he's basically it's a side view of him. He's leaning forward, and the rocket is going to shoot. And what they did is they took a rectangle, so it looks like. And on the far left side of the rectangle, it has the rest of the starburst, and they just slapped it over far enough to cover that rocket-firing fat, which is just such a neat piece. I wish I knew more about it. Joe, do you know anything? This is Joe O'Neill. Hi, how you doing? Uh, no, I don't know anything okay. about it. <laughs> I was just trying. Okay. Well, yeah. So hey, just glad to be in the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to chime in anytime. Um, so, so now we. Um, so, and in front of that is a a three pack. It's a special action figure set, and it's on the left hand side. You have a sand person. On the right hand side, you have a snaggletooth, and then of course, who is in the center? No. Mr. Boba Fett. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. So this last piece that we have here oh, nice. is it's a it's a photostat, um, and uh, it comes with a CIB certificate. It's of the Boba Fett bounty hunter coin uh, from 1984, and it says this Star Wars Power of the Force coin artwork copy is verified to have come directly from Kenner's director of marketing. It is also verified to be a vintage era photo- uh, photocopy made by the above referenced employee during his time at Kenner. The paper should be slightly yellowed and is a matte finished copy paper used in the 19. 19- 80s, which is really, really cool. So, and that's just a beautiful piece that goes with the rest of your FET stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's it's the FET coin. It was used internally at Kenner, which is just awesome, right? Because there's a history there. Right, right, of course. And uh, let's before. go get a drink, and then we'll come back here. Okay, <laughs> that sounds good. Let's do that. And with that, Fonz had taken us through his entire collection, a vast set of pieces from an era in which Star Wars was still a story in progress. Some were incredibly valuable from a monetary perspective, and some would be valuable only to him. Some were instantly recognizable as special, like the carded tri-logo Boba Fett, 
while others, like the carded Empire Strikes Back ADAT Commander, became more meaningful once you peeked at the back of it and really examined it. As someone who collects the highest quality examples I can find of sealed figures, vehicles, and playsets, I really admired Fonz for setting such a high standard for the pieces in his collection. As collectors, we've all certainly seen a lot, and as exciting as it was to see a shelf containing a carded Vinyl Cape Jawa, a Power of the Force carded Anakin, Nikto, and Yakface, and a boxed Sears Cantina playset, they were not the best parts of Fonz's setup. Instead, it was the personal stories that he shared with us, behind the majority of the toys he's accumulated since he was a child. As Fonz will humbly tell you, there are collections that are larger, more valuable, more historic, and maybe even in better overall condition than his. And I've certainly seen a few amazing collections out there, but I don't know if there's another collection with which I have felt more emotionally connected. I know it intimately now, and because of how wonderful Fonz is as a person and as a friend, you can't help but feel attached to the things he feels passionate about as well and drawn into the stories he tells concerning them. The theme behind most of our conversations around the Star Wars items was family, particularly about his mother, Francine. And that love between a mother and father and their son is truly felt in Fonz's house and in that collecting room. And Fonz's perspective on the pieces within his collection is very similar to the perspective he's had throughout his life concerning Star Wars toys. He loved them, loved what Kenner did, and wanted to collect as much of it as possible. Collecting is a way to keep that connection alive, to our parents, to our childhoods, and to the characters and films that ran wild within the borderless fields of our imaginations. The entire time I spoke with him, the focus was never on value. Each piece was made special, made memorable by the story that went with it. The night before FonzCon, I stopped by Fonz's house to hang out with him and with some of the collectors who came in from Canada to be there. And while we were hanging out amidst the arcade games, the alcohol, and the lingering wisps of cigar smoke, I noticed a group of recognizable Star Wars characters made entirely from metal scraps that sat on a platform behind Fonz's bar. I asked Fonz about them and why he had them, and the story he shared with me was one that touched my heart. Before I left FonzCon on Saturday night, as some of our friends began to help him and Katie clean up around the kitchen and the dining room, I asked Fonz to recount this story. Yeah. So, um, you have a piece, you have a few pieces that are downstairs on your bar that are completely unique that most people don't have. Uh, I would call them more works of art than, than Star Wars items, right? Yeah, they're 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 made from uh, old motorcycle parts and old car parts and stuff like that, and just looks like old scrap metal to me. Um, it was a place that my mother found when she was going through uh, the art festival or something. She was in my mother loved Manhattan. She loved going to New York City, and she went through this art festival and she saw this guy making these metal pieces. And uh, some of them were Star Wars pieces, and obviously she recognized them, so she bought me a Boba Fett, and uh, uh, of course. And um, when was this? God, probably two thousand five, a long time ago, okay. and uh, maybe, maybe maybe a little later than that, two thousand eight, something like that. Um, so she bought this piece from piece for me, and I was it was really awesome because it was made out of metal. You know, it was made out of. Uh, um, you know, recycled metal, motorcycle, and car parts. And um, 
it was a cool piece. And I said, oh, my God, if you're ever there again, please, you know, you know, I, I love this stuff. Mm-hmm. So she bought me, uh, the next time she went, she bought me, um, it was a few years later, she bought me a C-3PR 2D2 um, and, a, and a Yoda. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like I said, I was I just went crazy for the pieces. I just think they're really unique because uh, they're all unique because they're, they're actually, you know, the artist that does them, he... Um, uh, you know, he he obviously makes them all out of different parts and things like that because they're recycled. Yeah. And uh, so over the years, you know, my my mo- mother passed away, and uh, my wife has now come to buy. You know, she knows the artist that does the, these pieces, and she knows I like it. So if I see a piece, or she you know goes online and she gets me a piece for you know uh, the my birthday, Christmas. Uh, Father's Day, you know, stuff like that. So, I, so I, over the years, I've accumulated quite a bit of them now. And the, you, there's uh, the newest piece is uh, the newest piece is the Kylo Ren piece, uh, which I think is really, really awesome because he's got he's got his hood on, he's got his mask on, uh, he's got his uh, you know his 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 light, his very unique lightsaber, yeah, that three prong saber that they yeah. built out of metal. They they built it out of metal. Yeah, it's a it's a great piece. So that was my last one. The the the, the one previous to that though is my other favorite one of my other favorite pieces because it's Darth Vader. So the guy made uh, you know a Darth Vader out of metal parts, and it was. It's it's really like a, it's a unique you know art piece I guess yeah and when you break it down I mean the, um, you have the adat and the adat has on its feet it has nuts and bolts right I mean it's, yeah yeah I mean it's made it's out of it's made out of old parts that were you know recycled so yeah the all all kinds of different metal parts which I think you know like I said makes every piece unique and um, uh, you know just ma- it makes them look re- really cool. Yeah. Well, cool. Thank you so much for taking time to share your collection. Uh, it was an absolute fascinating uh, journey to go along with you and just to see like the, the different pieces you have and really what they mean to you. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, David. It was my honor to do it. And, and FonzCon was an absolute success. This was one of the most fun times I've ever had in a lot. I think a lot of people felt that way, too. So. Oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy the folks had a good time. All right, well, let's go party. All right, Dave. Thanks. So that was how I ended my first May the 4th, and I couldn't think of a better way to do so. Fonz and Katie, I love you both so much. I don't know how you topped Star Wars Celebration this year, but you did it. Thank you for welcoming me into your home, and for making me feel loved and like a member of your family. And to all of our collecting friends from the Empire State Club and from Canada, you all made this meetup what it was, and I look forward to every chance we get to spend time together. And if you're listening to this and you're not a part of the Empire State Collectors Club or a collectors club in your state or region, I would implore you to reach out and join a family that shares the same interests and passions as you. And who knows, maybe next year we'll see each other at FonzCon 3. Alright, I have to head home now. I've met a few friends that need a lift to where they're going. I didn't catch their names. An older man in a robe, a blonde-haired kid, and what looks to be an astromech droid and a pretty chatty translator droid. They say they're heading to Mos Eisley. It's not on the map, and believe me, I've checked. The older man told me not to worry. He said he'd guide me. Something about a place called Alderaan. I asked him if it was further upstate. He smiled and said, from a certain point of view. Until next time. (laughs) 